Ladies and gentlemen and all in between, welcome to another episode of Nightcaps at the Theater, our amuse-bouche-sponsored segment where we listen and watch and uh, put our eyeballs on some pop culture so uh, we can stay with the trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am, you know, Matt, I've been accused of being a little bit too forward in my book club. Some people have been calling me Jane Ostentatious. I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski. Ah. Uh... Well, nothing as clever as that. I am Matt, actually Cake Cabrera. Oh, I warned you guys. Went... I said I was going to use it. <laughs> it only took five months to get to it, but uh, and you know I wasn't going to come up with anything better. So. Oh, I've, I've been craving some cake, to be honest with you. I want, and I, I, I don't know where this came from. Like, I'm usually not a chocolate cake person, mm. but I just want like that moist, fucking. <laughs> spongy <laughs> chocolate cake inside me that's, that's what, what i want that's what you do just head into carlo's bake shop and be like give me the give me the moist fucking <laughs> chocolate cake <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, those are the kind of names they should have at that cake shop i'm gonna pitch that to them once this quarantine's <laughs> over it sounds like a soprano's <laughs> food store name. <laughs> give me the moist fuck face oh my god with a side <laughs> of uh Hey, you, you know what? I'm not. I'm not smart. Enough. I'm not smart enough for this bit. <laughs> it's for little pussy's uh, graduation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Is that uh, Lady right. Gaga? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I did get to that episode with her in it. Hey, nice. Yeah, she she has a little cameo. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm sure we'll get into that in more detail soon. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so first segment, uh, I've got a few. They're Nothing really too big, but anime. Do we have any uh, shut up weeb moments for this week? Well, I, I guess I suppose, thanks to our very lax rules on this, yeah. that King of the Hill qualifies. Yep, yep, so, it does. <laughs> so I, uh, well, we've continued, or I've continued my King of the Hill watch, and this show is so infectious that April has since taken a liking to it, oh and my God. it's now a show that we watch together. Wow. It's just bringing families together, King yeah, of the Hill. Exactly. I don't know. It's just it's a warm show. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's sweet, but not saccharine, as I think I said verbatim last time we met, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, my thoughts run very surface level. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's great. I feel like it's a show. You know, I guess it's an adult show, but I don't think it would be bad if kids were to watch it. it I don't think they're they're basically no curse words. Um, it's yeah, it really feels like it's suitable for the whole family. And uh, some of these characters, you know, every once in a while, they have a level of depth to them that uh, just kind of takes you by surprise. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's nice to to have this show uh, to rely on, to fall mm-hmm. back on when all yeah. else fails in this world. It's, uh, I'm toward the tail end of season three. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, you know, for a sitcom, they're also doing some. Uh, I'm not going to say experimental, but they're 
they're doing some welcome, like long-term arc building. I, I mean, not really, like not exactly. It's not really, um, it's, it, there's not a plot that extends past the whole season, but there are little things like, um, mm. at the end of season two and actually the beginning of season three, there's a, a two part episode that stretches between those two seasons. Yep. Um, and at the end of it, one character meets their demise and it's, <gasps> it's rather unexpected. It's not Game of Thrones like it's not like uh, Hank gets <laughs> gets fucking shot or Bobby is put down. <laughs> Nothing like that. But um yeah, it's kind of unexpected and you think, you know, the sitcom is is going to find a way to to cop out of it to not have to commit, but no up to this point uh it seems that that is a permanent change in the show, which is a welcome sight. I was expecting things to reset every week as uh, they typically do. Mm. And uh along with that or going off of that, the same event resulted in uh, Luann Platter, uh, one of the <laughs> ensemble cast, uh, one of them with a funny voice, yep. uh, losing all her hair. Yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, that is, it's it's like a running gag, but it's not even really a gag. Like, there's no attention drawn to it. They don't really make a joke about it, but it's just kind of a visual uh, running concept that strings along for like the first half of the third season is like her hair slowly growing growing back Mm -hmm. so just things like that are pretty nice to see i appreciate it but uh yeah these characters are sweet it's wholesome uh go watch it if you haven't surprisingly you know it's it's more than just a meme yeah yeah it's been a while i need a how many seasons is there i ask every episode (laughs) Uh, 13 seasons i'm on yeah we're like right at the end of season three Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I remember when it was on, like, you know, it being on TV forever. Yeah. And uh, I'm not excited to get into the HD, you know, run <laughs> of the show. The live action. They bring in the real <laughs> actors then. Yeah, it basically seems like that. It's, uh, you know, the lines are too cleanly drawn. The the movements and animation is a little too mechanical. I'm, I'm not looking forward to it, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, I, I had something I was going to say to wrap this up nicely in a bow, and I forgot what it was. Mm. So that's my segment. <laughs> Put more propane in the tank. Get back <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, so I have two. One of them is a kid's show that I caught on Cartoon Network for a, I think it was like a year or two ago when it was on. Um, I haven't seen every episode, but thanks to someone's HBO's Max subscription, hey. basically, it just got everything. I, I don't <laughs> the new netflix y'all um but this show is called summer camp island and it's quirky i feel like you wouldn't like it because it is saccharin but it's like hipster saccharin it's okay these, these kid animals are on an island run by witches and it's just like quirky <laughs> kid humor if that hmm. makes any sense it, it, it's not like it's nothing risque it's adorably <laughs> sweet it's like uh everything's anthropomorphized like They'll be eating marshmallows, and then Marsh will be like, "Don't eat me! Hmm. <laughs> I'm alive." Yeah, that's kind of nice. I, I do like. Eh, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a sucker for some saccharin stuff, like uh, yeah, like that Ernest and Celestine movie we watched. That was pretty yeah. cutesy. Mm. I could get that's into a close it. Vibe to this, I feel nice. Eh, it's similar. It's got lots of pastels, <laughs> and uh, something that I just 
Saw was on HBO Max today, and I watched nearly all the first season. And this is the first and only time you're going to hear me talk about a superhero adjacent property. But uh, DC's Harley Quinn, the animated show. Oh yeah, I've heard. Ooh, this is good. Heard interesting things about this, and I think it's. Oh. Uh, I don't know if it's rated R, but I know they they get into some heavy stuff on the show. Oh yeah, there's there's cursing a plenty, there's blood, violence, gore, but I actually think like it's very very snappy, funny writing. Nice. So that's what I'm staying for, and the characters they build. Even if you're not a fan of the the comic books like me, um, <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a big fan of comic books, but I can get into it. Uh, you really like the character building that they do with uh, Harley Quinn and her relationship with the Joker. Uh, they got Poison Ivy. They got a few offshoot DC <laughs> superheroes slash supervillains. Mm-hmm. Um, and my personal favorite, I believe Wanda Sykes voices her, is the Queen of Fables. And she's just like this crass, uh, apparently like a real DC supervillain that uh, she takes fairy tale characters and puts them in the real world. But she's extremely like violent and bloody and... <laughs> She's like, you don't want to see what the three blind mice are going to do to these bodies. <laughs> uh, it, and they trap her in a, uh, a and this is part of like the comics plot. Like the, the superheroes trap her in a U.S. tax book. <laughs> what? <laughs> like she, she works at a tax office and it's just this, this book that's talking. <laughs> it's, it's oh, hilarious. Boy. Yeah. I, I like, I've enjoyed it enough that I, I binged it all day today. So that's, nice. that's high praise. Yeah. I heard good things. Yeah, so I would uh, recommend checking it out. And then last, I just shared this with you in the chat because I saw the internet was, uh, it was trending the other day, Anime Spongebob. Uh, this dude on YouTube uh, took an episode or a plot that he invented and set it to, set, you know, Spongebob in the anime style. And it's apparently really good and Newground saved it. So check it out. It's 14 huh. minutes later. Uh, it was tribute to, oh, I forget the name, Stephen... Hill- Hillenburg or something. Yeah, it's Hill- like Hillborough or um, Stephen H, the creator. But uh, yeah, YouTube immediately guy. took that shit down because wow, they don't want any fun and joy in this world. Apparently, so hmm. yeah, watch it on Newgrounds. <laughs> yeah, sounds cool. Yep, and that's all the uh, shut up weeb that I have for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> all the anime that I've seen. So, without further ado, let's go to court. Let's take this case to the highest judge of all TV, TV <laughs> court. Uh, anyone see any TV? <laughs> well, Your Honor, I have a, a few exhibits to present. Mm. Let's see, uh, HBO, HBO. <laughs> We've been watching, uh, well, you know, we wrapped up with Barry. Yep. Uh, last time. And I mentioned that we started moving on to a new show that we'd heard uh, some good things about. And that would be Succession. Yeah. So, you know, right off the first couple of episodes, I, as I mentioned before, I was not into it. I really could not really stand the writing involved. And I, I took a note of uh, coming up with some examples for this week to mention. Mm. But... um. And I'll get to those in a minute. That aspect did improve by the latter half of the first season. And the yeah, the second half of the first season is actually really solid. Uh, going into the first half of the second season. Um, yeah, that stretch is probably my favorite of the show so far. Um, it's definitely entertaining. I'm not sure if it has if it's exactly 
well thought out mm. in terms of its story and its plotting. Uh, just because some aspects of it, it, it's kind of hard to tell where it's going, or it's kind of hard to tell what progress has been made from season one to season two in these characters. Um, and for some of them, I could see why it's slow going, but um, you know, at the same time, I do want to see uh, some loose ends be tied up. Or I, mm. not even that. I, I want to see pretty much just some progress being made. I think maybe 10 episodes is uh, a little too much per season for this show. I could do with eight. Uh, I think possibly even six if you want to follow the British model. <laughs> um, and there is a, the I think the main person behind this show is actually British, which is interesting to see because it's uh, very, seems like a very American show in terms mm. of like uh you know, American corporate structures and conglomerates and how uh, typical Americans view them and how uh, how they make up s- such a backbone of what this country is, for better or worse. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's I I do recommend it. But, um, you know, at the same time, it feels like a little bit of a of a guilty watch just because it's not that highbrow i feel like i don't get too much out of it it's a little bit soap opera e at times um and just kind of that lack of progress that lack of forward momentum mm. um season two does kind of end with a bombshell so you know i'll see what repercussions that has for season three i hope it could kind of shake up the status quo but um yeah it's it's still got a decent foundation at its core um mm. Like at its core, the show seems to be about, uh, you know, a family business that they want to pass on to the next generation, but the next generation mm-hmm. hasn't really earned their place yet. So, you know, the show is, is kind of showing them slowly, hopefully getting to that point of actually being able to successfully lead this company. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really slow going. It's taken a while. And some of these characters are just you know, kind of annoying. Mm. So some of the writing kind of issues, in my opinion, that I mentioned earlier, I got some quotes here from the show. I, I didn't catch everything I wanted to, but I got uh, I got about three quotes. It's time to play. Is that bad writing? <laughs> I, yeah, it depends on context. Probably. <laughs> the delivery is all that matters. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Some of these I can't. I, I just feel like nobody would speak like this. <laughs> so first one. You can't make an omelet without breaking some dicks. Oh, <laughs> just bad <like>. writing. <laughs> God, are you serious? Is that, why? Why is that necessary? In what context are they saying that? I don't even remember. It's it's not good. It's not going to work in any context. It still feels like it kind of came out of the blue. What's it, that show where that guy breaks his dick? <laughs> oh, I can't. No, it's something else because I I remember watching it and like hearing something audibly snap and then like I went down this whole internet rabbit hole like if you were to break your dip dick <laughs> would it snap? Like, <laughs> I don't I don't think it would. Yeah, I don't think it would either. <laughs> I don't think you'd hear the bone crunch. <laughs> right, there's no bone there. Yeah. Hmm. And if there is, I'm missing one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I'm gonna have to 
research that later, unfortunately. Damn yeah, my curiosity. <laughs> uh, example number two that we have. I, I believe someone is uh, entering a party at this point, like a Brooklyn loft hipster party. Okay. I'm looking for pussy like a fucking techno Gatsby. Oh, oh that started like <laughs> A plus soprano line and then fell right off. <laughs> what the? F- ay, ay, ay. Oh. Like a fucking techno Gatsby. That, um... It's so stupid. But Gatsby wasn't even looking for that. <laughs> he was looking for the, the betterment of himself. <laughs> Maybe he's thinking of uh, Nick. Yeah. Fucking Nick. <laughs> looking for that, uh... <laughs> no, no, that was Gatsby. Gatsby wanted that Daisy Buchanan. Yeah, but he, yeah, he bought That's the why shirt. He did everything. From, yeah, he had a list. <laughs> I, I still think it's it's not an effective analogy or simile. Like, who was that reference for? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. So, this is why the show feels guilty to me. It's like, you know, it's not super strong on plot. It's not super strong on writing. But there are moments. There are moments where it redeems itself. And some characters are, honestly, they have a really fun dynamic. Um, It's more of a comedy than I expected. And not just because of the bad writing. Like, there is actual intentional good comedy that I appreciate. Mm. But um, uh, this this one I probably should have saved for first because it's uh, it's not really funny. It's just kind of lame. So somebody ah. said, uh, I, I believe somebody's kind of in the middle of having uh, an affair. Okay. Or you know, kind of leading to that point. So one of the characters says, "You flirting with me? You got flirt all over my pants." Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's not really a, like a fun line that you could even laugh at or make fun of. It's just kind of lame. Yeah, it's like I feel sorry. Uh, yeah, so this is what I've been dealing with. <laughs> and that's kind of so I recommend the show, but you know, not if you're a stickler for things like this. And um, it's I don't know if you got nothing better to do. There are better shows out there. But this is okay, and I don't. We'll we'll see where it goes. Hopefully, it continues to improve and actually wants to tell a meaningful story. Mm. Um, an, another part that's kind of weird about it is that it's, you know, these corporate millionaires or billionaires, um, just kind of being uh, shitty people to people who are below them or beneath them. Mm. Um, so, you know, there are times when you want to root for some of them, and times when you want to, uh, just walk out of the room at some things they say but um yeah i i felt a little a little guilty about this but i also felt like it was one of the best scenes in the show and um like i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that kind of like gray area that they have i just think they should lean into it one way or the other more than they currently do and so Mm -hmm. there's this one uh scene in the show in the second season where there's a a whistleblower at the company that's like threatening to leak their secrets. All right. And then uh, the, (laughs) the family is like watching a TV interviewer or interview with this whistleblower. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of hard for this family to unite in one common goal and like tolerate each other. But here they are in the same room and they're all just like bashing this whistleblower. Like, ah, this fucking fuck face. It's not even that goddamn bad. Like, so, (laughs) so a few people died. (laughs) <laughs> we might be responsible. This guy could go fuck himself. And just like things like that, I thought it brought a really uh, creative and fun energy to the show that I, I wish were there more often. Like if they could make these 
um, this family a bit more of an anti-hero and a bit more villainous. Yeah, I, I think it would be a good amount of fun. Mm. So I kind of hope they they get to that point. Anyway, that's all I got to say about Succession. That ran a, a little bit longer than I thought it would, but I, at least we got to play that game. Who do you think you are? Some sort of techno Gatsby? <laughs> oh, God, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I, they kind of make it kind of starts to make me feel dumb because i'm like am i supposed to get that is that like a thing that people are saying nowadays maybe that character is just mentally ill or something (laughs) that's all characters yeah (laughs) yeah, got a lot going on like this this bad writing is a problem that extends to all characters like it's it's kind of weird um (laughs) there's not a character that has that doesn't like fall into this trap. So when it does happen, sometimes it feels even out of place. It's like, would you be saying this? Like I could expect one of them to say it, but for you, it's kind of weird. Mm. But anyway, moving on to uh, nonfiction. Can't blame this show for bad writing. Well, you <laughs> kind of can, but to tell the truth on ABC's summer fun and games. Totally not staged at all. <laughs> not one bit. Um, yeah, there. I, I didn't really have any bombshell moments that I took note of, at least not that I recall. But uh, this was just kind of fun all around. The last two episodes that aired were a good time. And the latest one, especially, I thought was uh, pretty funny. Definitely in part to uh, Joel McHale being on there. I, mm. his, his sense of humor cracks me up. He's so smug and so, you know, sarcastic. I, I'm into yep. it. He, he knows exactly what role... Uh, to play and he knows who he should be. So I definitely uh, appreciate that. He really makes every effort to be that character. Hopefully it's just a character in every <laughs> show he makes an appearance in. Cause he's in all the uh, ABC summer fun and game stuff. I believe he's also the host of card sharks, yep. uh, which is upcoming uh, started production during the <laughs> pandemic finally. So we could get that damn good content at uh, everyone else's expense. Sorry, that Matt and crew. has been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, families of the cast and crew, but I need this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so to tell the truth, it had um, it had a, the kid that invented flossing on it oh. last week. <laughs> well, he didn't invent flossing. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit controversial. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure it was from the you know the drag slash ball culture that had emerged. And well, I don't know. I thought he took it. I thought like the the real the scoop was that he took it from a friend who would do it but then he popularized it yeah and so the uh, the clue on to tell the truth was uh you know which of these people popularized flossing but then the uh the panelists the celebrity judges uh questioned him and they were like so you invented flossing and, and just very straight faced he said yes i invented flossing hmm. so i don't know why? Uh, if more people, if more people, <laughs> someone's not telling the truth here. <laughs> yeah, if uh, this could be a whole controversy, if uh, people just actually watch this show, but I don't think mm. many people do, but they should. I, I, I don't know. I like it. I think it's a good time. They also had um, uh, Arlie Willis, who is somebody I forgot who I believe she is a songwriter. Yep, riveting. She's a, uh, she's like an Oscar. Nope. A Grammy winning songwriter. Um, but so she was on this episode. They filmed it, I think, in December and it just aired. Or no, they filmed it before December because in December she actually passed away. 
Oh my god. Yeah, so this I think is like her last appearance. And oh. um it, it's just kind of uh, it was kind of shocking to see that at the end of the episode they say, you know, like dedicated to our dear friend Arlie Willis and they have a Why did they her. decide to air that anyway? Eh, you know, it's nothing it's not too bad, but it's just oh. it, it it gets to me whenever they say something like that at the end of a show. I, I guess it brings me flashbacks of that episode of a uh, beat Shazam where one of the co- contestants, they get like, I don't know. It's a, a father and his son. Uh, oh yeah. And they get like 200 or $300,000 and they're all really happy. Uh, you know, they're, they're celebrating having this money. They, they love it. They're jumping up and down and then the show ends and there's a title card that says like dedicated to the memory of, and then it's the father's name and a picture of him. And I'm just like, damn, that just went from like 60 to zero. And I know one second like, flat. Oh my God. Yeah, Showing at the total, beginning. Total mood killer. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, I, yeah, I couldn't really remember that many contestants on to tell the truth this time around. I need to take better notes, but I do remember one. It was uh, somebody who woke up with a spider in their ear. So well, that now, happens. Now I'm terrified of that. Well, that, I think you eat more spiders in your sleep than you actually think. Like, yeah, I read that on a on a Snapple yeah. bottle. I know, and but, the Snapple uh, bottles wouldn't lie. <laughs> but this was a was it a it was a brown recluse. Oh, got, dangerous! Yeah, yeah them, that, they'll kill you. It got stuck in their ear, and they had to go to the hospital to oh. uh, get it out. And it, you know, it took some time too. It was tough to get that little bugger out of there. <laughs> so uh yep i am terrified now yeah but that is all i got for tv court oh my god do i have more tv than you i hope so let's dig into it all right so i'll start with my staples you know there's this little show called drag race it's got like a billion seasons on i don't know if you've heard heard of it it. (laughs) um (laughs) so the latest all-star season all-star season five ended uh in the last two episodes we had a comedy challenge with uh Personal favorite guest judge of all time, Jane Krakowski. Love her. She's just amazing. <laughs> Do you know who she is? Or <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's uh, Jenna. <laughs> she's... There you go. Okay. <laughs> After the quick Google yeah. search. <laughs> no, no. Uh, she's great. She's, uh, uh, she had... she's Jenna from Jenna's, Jenna'sSide.com. Yeah. I uh, love that joke. <laughs> the rural juror. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she's great. She had laryngitis in the second half of the episode, and that only made her even more charming. And then in our season finale, Shea Coulee won, which we've been waiting for for years. So it was deserved. And with the uh, extra gimmick, she took home, I believe, 130 grand. So that's a lot of fucking money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Canada Drag Race continues to be the best thing that I've ever seen that isn't on television. It's on the WoW Presents Plus app now, I think. Uh, premiering on VH1, like three episodes behind. Uh, Canada, I think they have it on Crave. Ah, sure. The the Canadian station Crave. Here we just got on VH1, but it's three episodes too late. But um, the queens here are all great. Uh, I watch with Gabe and Heather, and um, we don't want any more to go. We just love them all so much. They had a Project Runway-style trash couture collection challenge, which was good. They had a rap challenge. And they had the best snatch game that I've seen in years. They had uh, Jimbo playing Joan Rivers. They had Rita Baga playing Edith Piaf. They had <laughs> Lemon playing Jojo Siwa. Crazy. Crazy bunch of characters. <laughs> and they all interacted well with each other, which is 
very, very uncommon in later seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. So in this day and age, I'm happy that it was a good snatch game for once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, now that the Drag Race is done, I finished Babysitters Club on Netflix. Really good. Um, I recommended this to a few friends, and I recommend it because it deals with like a lot of heavy issues for no reason. Like there's a you know, identifying as different genders. There is uh, dealing with uh, grandparents going through strokes, uh, budding sexuality. It's it's crazy, but they handle it in a very good way. Like the best that I've seen for kids shows, because there's a lot of adult humor there that's not crude or sexual in any way. Nice. It's like it, it, it's like highbrow, but lowbrow enough that you're gonna get it. It's like the perfect middle class. I don't know. They they reference a lot of things. I, I I forget what they they reference something in the the last episode that had me dying. That I was just like, oh, forget what it was. It they did reference Hamilton, to which I was like, oh god, Hamilton. <laughs> what they say about it? No, they were just like, oh, I love that musical. I saw it at the public theater, and I was like, yes, this this fact checks out, little one. <laughs> <laughs> You're five years too late, but it's in a vague time. You know, what time did this? tri-state area you know magnum opus yeah <laughs> that, that leanne martin wrote <laughs> um but it's good i would recommend checking it out uh oh, nose for too, matt i <laughs> Ooh, yeah i am i am flummoxed i am bamboozled we're only halfway through this season two and <laughs> nothing nothing has happened <laughs> nothing yeah. at all i think i've actually seen like one or two headlines that say as much oh my god it's like they the book isn't long and they're inventing characters like we had this hourglass man who who like turns an hourglass and makes people shoot themselves and i'm like this wasn't in the book and it is not necessary at all these characters they do not go anywhere i usually am like giving a pass to kid actors this is the worst kid actor that i've ever seen in my life this kid that's playing his name in the book is Bruce Wayne, because his parents are both comic book nerds, get it? But uh-huh. oh, and he is just the worst. It's like Zachary Quinto is beating his mom up to a pulp in front of this kid, and the kid is just like, "No, stop, <laughs> please, you're hurting her." And I, I'm just, oh, I don't know what director or producer's child this is, but oh my god after watching babysitters clubs where like all these kids can act even like the the four-year-olds Damn. this one kid i don't and he's gonna make more money than i ever did <laughs> bastard yeah what debts does he have does he have a uh, drug problem yet oh no but he gets a uh, creepy teeth and he rips apart a butterfly it's Ugh. it's a very weird book <laughs> it's an even weirder show well we didn't ask for it. Uh, I might have asked for it, but it was the monkey's paw that did it. I got a vague wish and was handed some shit on a, a platter instead. It's not a, it's not a good time. And they're, what I love is we're halfway through and they're hyping up. Oh, we're going to go to Christmas land. I'm like, well, then go there already. It's been six episodes and you haven't gone anywhere. It was starting to sound like American Gods. Ugh. <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> I just, I know they have to get somewhere called The Rock. Oh, and they did in season two. <laughs> that was like 30 pages into the book. Oh, boy. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, at least that show pulled it off. All no, right. it didn't. 
No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Season, season one is spectacular. Yeah, season one is great, but season two and <laughs> future not looking so hot. Is that even still on? I, I guess it uh, is. I, don't right? know. I mean, it took like a 17 year break, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I'll finish on some good news. At Home with Amy Sedaris finished its season three this week. And solid episodes. Best funny homemaking show starring Amy Sedaris that I've had on television Hmm. in a long time. It's the only thing that I've watched on live TV and still enjoyed that isn't a digital subscription service or the on the internet the day after, but... Wow. It's good. We had a, an episode starring Ann Dowd that was a parody of Notes on a Scandal. Everyone loves Ann Dowd. <laughs> we had a David Allen Greer return as Amy's old co-host that picked her from obscurity, uh, Pippin. And then in our last episode, a New Year's special, Amy falls in love with Paul Rudd. <laughs> a New Year's special. Yeah, they 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 throw in the oddest uh, holidays at the oddest times, but <laughs> it, it works. It works in the sense of the show. And I, I mean, I think like this relationship with Paul Rudd might turn out to be something and they leave it open for yet again, another season, but they also leave it open that this could be the last season as they do every season. Oh, (laughs) Um, but I think it's very successful. And I, I got two more seasons that I thought I was going to get out of Amy Sedaris. So hopefully there's more to come. If not, it was a, a great run. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I love how she can get all these guest stars and parody things that I enjoy, like old <laughs> classic Hollywood movies that no one's seen. Yeah, it's insane. The uh, The audience for this show seems so niche that it's really surprising that it keeps coming back for more seasons. But that's awesome. Yep. Uh, and A24. We got to thank them for that. Mm-hmm. And then there were the Emmys. I'm happy. Euphoria got nominated a lot. That's good. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we could have had an Emmys episode, but I uh, did yeah. not really tune in. I didn't look into it at all. Me, I only retweeted that Zendaya. Zendaya? Oh, oh Zendaya. Say. Oh, they had her father on to tell the truth. Oh. But he wasn't it even... Was his, his truth? I'm the father of Zendaya? <laughs> they weren't even oh. trying to guess him. He was like one of the liars. And then, oh. um, you know, when they have a segment where the liars reveal themselves, and he's like, uh, yeah, no, I am... Uh, Zendaya's father and then the people on the panel were like we knew that why why did we how did we not realize that I've seen your face I've literally worked with you I have you on my contacts and Instagram huh so that Hmm. was pretty fun suspicious and uh I've been uh, pressured into watching Schitt's Creek I'm making the slowest progress possible I thought you were uh, into that show I, you would think, right? And I'm into certain episodes, but other episodes I just can't get into. Like, hmm. I was dying over the um, the Moria Winery uh, episode where she's trying to sell wine. And I'm like, okay, I like Catherine O'Hara here playing this character. And I hear that the show picks up a bit, but it's so odd to me that I can't get fully invested in it. Hmm. Yeah, I've still mm. got to try it out. Yeah. And uh, that's my TV. All right. All right, our next segments. We're gonna. Are you going to answer the call? It's movie phone. I'll answer the call. Thankfully, um, yeah, I could probably... Uh, I could probably get my whole message across in the collect call. Like, who's, who's calling information? I don't know. What the hell do they call that thing? You know. 
when you pick up a collect call, it's like you received a collect call from blah 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 prison. Yeah, but then uh, you know if you don't want to actually charge anyone, if you want to get away with a free call, you just put your whole message in the collect call from area. Anyway, I think I've described this very same thing probably two two episodes ago, and it did not work any better then. But what I'm saying is this movie phone segment's gonna be short. We watched uh, Palm Springs, the new, uh, I almost said Adam Sandler, Andy Samberg movie on uh, Hulu. Uh, mm. this, was, well, this was picked up by Neon for distribution, but uh, then the pandemic happened. So Neon, with their partnership with Hulu, just sent it straight there for its premiere. And um, yeah, this movie, I think it sold for like $17.6 million from... Uh, want to say Sundance and I think that might be the biggest deal that's ever happened at Sundance hmm. that doesn't sound right because Sundance is really popular maybe <laughs> South by Southwest I think yeah I think it was South by Southwest but um yeah anyway it's um I don't really want to spoil the the concept of it or the premise because uh, I think it's a movie that's it, it works a lot better if you go in blind but uh it is a good time I yeah I liked it a good amount it's um oh. i'll just say that it's a rom-com yep that is as much as i'll say about it um but it is it's not quite as absurd as uh some andy sandberg stuff tends to get which i kind of missed i wish it kind of embraced more of his uh, absurdist humor uh from him and the lonely island but it's it's a good time it's short it's sweet um I actually wrote down a rating for this one. I give it a 5.9 out of 8 pizza slices. Hmm. So, hmm. and you know, it's free if you have Hulu. So, uh, <laughs> well, I steal yours. So. Exactly. So, uh, it's worth a watch. Definitely. And that's all I got for this segment. Oh my goodness. This is going to be our quickest episode to date. I got a, I got a few, but I, I don't really want to talk about a lot because I think... That uh, two of these might be a future watch on this podcast. Ooh! So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop some, and I'll leave the rest for you to guess, maybe, or I'll just tell you outright that maybe one of these will be on the podcast. Uh, the first thing that I saw was Emma 2020. Thus, my Jane Austen joke in the beginning. Um, uh. I liked it. It was cute. Um, I think it was. I I agree with you with the dialogue. Like this was like very heavy. Um, regency era like you need to be well invested in the jane austen dictionary in mm-hmm. order to get the plot across did you i'm, I'm jealous because you i assume you watched it with subtitles no oh well no. all right yeah but but you had the ability to use subtitles <laughs> if you wanted to. I, re- I was able to yes <laughs> okay yeah that's what i'm jealous about because watching this in the theater like that whole first act, I think I was very confused as to what was happening. Just like, who the really fuck is this Emma? <laughs> <laughs> they were just talking so fast. Yeah, they, they, had they of, do. Had a whole bunch of old people around me in the theater being like, "And who's that? And <laughs> and what is she doing?" Which, well, to be fair, the book's been out for a, a couple hundred <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, and I, I half appreciated them asking because uh, I was also asking myself those same questions. But I did not appreciate that uh, they weren't being answered because they were old yeah. people who seemed to be in loveless marriages. So um, every time the husband asked something, the wife would just go, shh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of, you know, uh, walking on eggshells because my mom loves like period pieces like that. But I think this is going to be like, she's going to be in the same boat. She's going to be like, well, who? 
Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? It, um, but a lot happening quickly in the beginning. Yeah, I like the cast because Anya Taylor-Joy, she can do no wrong. We've got Mia Goth, who's just popping up in everything. I love to see more Mia Goth. She's there. Was she the uh, the younger, kind of like the yeah, apprentice Yeah, she's the Emma? best poor friend. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we have that dude who plays Emma's love interest that's going to play Bowie, apparently, in a, a biopic. Hmm. That's interesting, because apparently he's a singer. But uh, I liked uh, the soundtrack for this movie. I liked the look of this movie. Um yeah. If you like this sort of thing, it might be for you. That's all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Um, next, I rewatched Lady in the Cage, oddly enough, before the untimely passing of Olivia de Havilland, who was 104 years old. <laughs> so she lived very long <laughs> and she had an illustrious Hollywood career. I just found it extremely interesting that I watched, rewatched this two days before she. I, uh, shuffled off the mortal coil. That seems to be how it happens. We murder celebrities on this podcast. Yeah. Like, I bring it up in the cultural zeitgeist, and then the next week we're topical again. So, mm-hmm. uh, you better watch out. You better not <laughs> bring up your name oh, on yeah. this podcast. Because who knows? Uh, but it's good. It's wacky. It is It is cuckoo bananas, the plot of this movie, because uh, uh, Olivia de Havilland's character, she broke a hip. She lives in this uh, expensive... Uh, urban apartment and she like literally has this magnificent staircase which this huge elevator that goes up about 10 feet and then stops because the power goes out and then some drugged up ruffians come in and uh, steal things from her and you know attempt to murder her (laughs) it's just zany it is it's it is kooky and it is overacted in this camp and it is stupid and that's why i love it yeah basically it's a comedy okay (laughs) Um, so there's that. Um, I watched or rewatched, um, oh goodness, Drop Dead Gorgeous, you know, everyone's favorite. Uh, (laughs) gee, I wonder what Jonathan might pick to watch on this podcast, (laughs) you may be thinking. Uh, Um, That's a good one. It's great, and it flows, and it's funny, and, you know, Kirstie Alley is a gem. You don't see her in a lot anymore, aside from Scream Queen Season 2. Yeah, and uh, I think Uh, yoga commercials. Yeah, Kristen Dunst. Is it is it Kirsten or Kristen? I always forget. Mm, Chris, ooh, Kristen Bell, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. And that's how I remember it. <laughs> a little, a little yeah. Uh, mnemonic. Yeah. So um, it, it's good. I love it. Um, it's just a fun watch. It really cheered me up. I was having another down day. I said I need to put on a comedy that I love and. I just love these kooky girls. You know, they got they got their stories and this murder mystery that's going on behind the scenes. Uh, I, I love it. It's oh, just yeah. camp fun, fun time. And then probably the most camp movie of all time that I gave a rewatch to because I was feeling bad yet again. I need another pick me up. Uh, I usually kind of despise this movie, but I wound up loving it. It's none other than the infamous Showgirls. Oh, I love this movie. It is so quotable with different places and "Hello, darling," and "Know me, do a PK turn." <laughs> I just, I, oh, it is, it is trash, but it is good trash, good stupid quality trash. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm not really familiar with it. I only caught glimpses of this movie when I was, uh flipping channels late at night and it would come yeah, on most HBO in any I, was, movie. I was trying to catch a glimpse of boobs. Well, you don't have to wait long. <laughs> I I don't know. I kept on tuning into the wrong parts, I guess. 
it's literally every part of this movie is tits and ass. Oh, weird. Yeah. Maybe I was Odd, watching. You uh, yeah, maybe I was watching like a weird uh, knockoff show. Women. <laughs> show. Women. Show gals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's great. Um, like I said, we may or may not be seeing that the podcast sometime soon because it was one, so good. Is that one long? Oh, it, it feels long. It's like two, ten, two point ten, two hours and ten minutes, maybe. <laughs> okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, I, I thought it was significantly longer. Actually, it it feels way longer. And Matt, you ain't seen long until my next pick. So I <laughs> please forgive me. I'm sorry. We're yes. gonna have to book. <laughs> like an <Okay>. afternoon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what I watch. That's my movie phone. I'll hang up. Good picks all around. Fun <laughs> at the movies. I miss the movies. <laughs> huh. Oh, for real. It's like, I can't believe that we used to do things as people. Like we used to yeah. go out places and have plans. It's That feels like a really foreign concept to me now. But I, I don't know if I'd had time for, if I would have time for any of that. So, well, we'll see how it goes in 2022. Yep, I miss the movies. <laughs> I miss the big screen. I miss the shenanigans that went down in that, <laughs> that theater of ours. <laughs> That's true. Uh, some uh, good, good moments, good times. You can't replicate that at home. I know something to tell the grandchildren that I'll never have. Uh, uh, so. uh, yeah, you know what's crazy? Summer's almost over. It has not felt like it. Don't re- Summer went so fast, and then the rest of the months dragged. So <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but yeah. I just don't know where life's going right now. It's, it's a rough time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's only so many things that I could stream on the couch without going insane. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of things that no longer exist in our lives we're gonna trod the boards do you have any theater Uh this week i nope neither do i all right (laughs) the saddest little segment Uh, the little segment that could eventually oh my god i can't imagine (laughs) you know you know what's good uh just because this randomly came up on a notification on my my monitor so i'm just going to mention it in place of having a trotting the board segment yeah um although this probably should be a time for disc jockeys but um i'll just throw it out there los campesinos bot is a twitter account that some uh beautiful bastard made and they just post los campesinos lyrics every hour so i i turned that shit on um well i followed the account and i turned notifications on and now I get those every hour, and it brings a smile to my face. It is a oh. an incredible idea, and I, yeah, I love that. Because mm. uh, Los Camp lyrics are some of the best out there. They are grade A. They are great. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to start off our final segment, disc jockeys? <laughs> uh, I have qu- I have quite a bit. So That's good. I have one thing, so maybe I should go. Yeah, I'll let you go. All right. Um, hold on. Let me get the 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 facts straight so i pronounced this right so i've been introduced to an artist that's been out for a while a foreign artist by the name of maruv m-a-r-u-v she's icelandic and i just really dig her shit it's it's good it's like pop vocals and i don't know it's really good it's like dance i don't know how to describe music matt every time we get to this segment i'm a liar i'm sorry i 
<laughs> I, I, I don't know what to do. It's good. I like it. It's fun music. Yeah. There, I said it. Just describe how it makes you feel. I'm just like, it makes me happy. And then at times it makes me sad. <laughs> uh, but check her out. <laughs> well done. Now, future music critic in the making. <laughs> yeah, my Pitchfork article. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> oh, you know, I went to uh, went to college with somebody who now writes for Pitchfork. Or wow, uh, they don't even write. They, I think, they wrote for Pitchfork for a bit for a spell, and then they went on to some other publication. But they still have like guest reviews for Pitchfork. So I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of cool. But I don't know. I, I don't think I don't remember liking them that much. So maybe it's not that cool. Yeah. But anyway. I also didn't know them that much, so. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, this, this is what we got to do to fill up the hour nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is going to come in at under 60. If uh, Oh my god, our shortest episode, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, I don't want listeners to actually like us, so I'm, I'm going to do all that I can to make sure we... To ex- we've got to fill at least another hour and a half on this show. Come on, if it's oh, not yeah. two hours. <laughs> Are we really nightcaps? Yeah. So... For that, uh, for that disc jockey segment, I have a, I have a few names on here. Let's see, I got Haim. Uh, they oh, recently yeah. released a new album. These are the uh, the trio, the Haim sisters, and I think this is the best work that they've done so far. Mm. This is a, uh, it's a bit of an eclectic collection for them, but yeah, I think it really it hits home, or they hit a home run rather with uh, a lot of the styles that they they aim for. And I think it's like... What did you call it, a home. ham run? Oh, that would have been good. That, yeah. Yep, yeah, you know what? Just fix that in post. Edit that in. Yeah. You know, all I could do in quarantine is just make up puns. <laughs> okay, here, let's get a clean uh, recording of me saying, okay. <laughs> ham run. Okay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what a witty pun, Matt. Now, oh. now, now you just splice that in and we'll be good to go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think uh, they sound, uh, I don't I don't think they sound necessarily poppier than ever, but they sound more, I guess, interestingly and engagingly poppier than ever. Um, and they were already, you know, very poppy to begin with. But, um, yeah, I think they've they've really evolved in terms of their songwriting. Uh, I think it shows here, especially in some of the lead singles. That's those are the ones I've listened to most just because they've been on the radio. But um, yeah, it's a really, really solid record, and I, I think most people would like it. Perhaps even you, John. Me? Oh, I, yeah. They've been recommended to me. Nice. But um, I, I've watched a few of their videos. There's one where they're like walking down a street, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> I need a little bit more, you know, meat and potatoes to this. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too Coldplay esque <laughs> with uh, Chris Martin walking down the beach. Yeah. <laughs> That's like one of the first music videos I ever saw, I think, or at least that's the first one that really left an imprint in my mind. I, Ugh, like, I just think of, oh, sorry, I, I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> like, I, what's funny is because I, I remember the video. I don't remember the song at all. I just remember the video, and I think I was watching it with my cousins, and it would be like an inside joke. It would just be like, remember that music video we saw of just this guy walking along the beach, and it was garbage? And then it was only later I realized that it was Coldplay and that the song was, you know, one of their biggest singles yellow and um yeah well i just thought that was kind of funny that it's (laughs) such a huge hit and that 
to me, that hit had gone completely under the radar, and the only reason it was significant is because the music video was so bad. Yeah. Anyway. That's me a... with the, your beautiful music video. Is that James Blunt? Yeah. Oh, all right. He's just, he's taking off his clothes, and then he jumps off a cliff. <laughs> oh, I want to watch that. But do it's we, like, you're do, beautiful. Do we see him land Midsummer style? I wish. Oh, then I don't care. <laughs> that, would, that would make me watch that over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You know, even if he doesn't, he doesn't have to die when he lands, just as long as he gets <laughs> just, a little bop to the head. Yeah. Get a little maimed. <laughs> but there is one other artist that I would like to wholeheartedly recommend to you that I think you'd really dig. And this is uh, Jesse Ware. Hmm. Uh, she's been around for a while. Um, I think this might be like her fourth album, the one that's been most recently released. And I should probably get the name of that album as well. But um, yeah, no, I think this album is uh, really strong. I think there's a good amount of emotion in it, but at the same time, it's very danceable. It's like most of it is whew, like synth disco pop with a lot of um there's also some like electro funk r&b stuff kind of going on Hmm. i i think it's it's really solid um it's just really like entrenched in that electronic uh dancey vibe uh i think you would really dig it Hmm. oh it's called what's your pleasure and yes it is the fourth album by jesse Ware. yeah it's um really good stuff and this hmm this Wikipedia article makes a mention of a genre I've never heard of called high NRG. It's high dash and then the letters NRG. NRG. Hmm. Pronounced high energy. Yeah. But anyway, this is um it's it's just really good. Um the first yeah. track I don't know what it, I don't know what it is about it, but the songwriting and just really it feels I, I I guess emotional. I feel like it conveys like a lot of emotion in the musicality of it, which I think is really awesome um, because it's hard to, or it's easy to lose that when you're going for a dancey album, but uh, she Mm. pulls it off in spades and yeah, she's been, um, she's been reaping the benefits of that hard work. She's like, this album is really critically acclaimed. I had a, heard a bit of her stuff before but nothing really stopped me in that in my tracks until this album did so it's a high recommend i think it's right up your alley yeah i'll have to see if it gets the it's good review from jonathan kwiatkowski because you know (laughs) a lot of things (laughs) they barely reach that point Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're hard it sounds the sounds were oh and it made me feel ah (laughs) You know, there were noises, and then there were sounds. <laughs> but I don't know if it was necessarily music. Yeah, I, I, I'm no music critic. <laughs> but um, eh, neither am I. I just pretend I am. And uh, a few other kind of albums or artists I just want to name drop as having been in the zeitgeist recently are uh, Run the Jewels. Um, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to have like a full-fledged review for their latest album but it's good it's solid um oh wait i think i actually did mention it a few weeks ago so i think you did too yeah yeah (laughs) that's all coming back to me who am i that's all coming back to To me me. salim uh we got perfume genius who 
Um, I haven't actually heard this album. I've just heard a few of the singles. But yeah, again, I love what this guy's been doing. I love that he um, has been getting a lot of attention. Um, even like commercially, um, he's I, I think he's been in a few movies. I definitely remember he was in um, or his music rather was in uh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. At kind of a, a pivotal point that what, who was that? Bill Burr? No, not yeah. Bill Burr. Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. <laughs> okay. I confuse those two all the time. <laughs> Kirsten or Chris? <laughs> uh, and so, um, yeah, no, just I remember when he first dropped his uh, first album, like I want to say maybe 2009. And it was just a very, it was a quiet, um, piano driven album. It was like pretty much just him on piano, him and his voice. And now he has like a full kind of ensemble that he runs with. He has um like he's doing full chamber pop and electronic, uh, even like some dancey stuff that you don't expect to hear from him. Um, mm. Definitely some pop leanings. So it's uh, just really good stuff that I, yeah, I just, it's always nice to see an artist come up like that once you've uh, been with them from the beginning. And one other artist, I might have more to say about them later on. So I'm just going to drop the name uh, if I can pronounce it. I think it's Eve Tumor. Eve Tumor. Oh. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, they're doing some really interesting stuff. I've only heard the singles so far. I think it's Kerosene and uh, one other song whose title I forget. But yeah, it is awesome stuff that uh, you don't really hear much like too often. So yeah, I hope to have a more fleshed out review later on. But for <laughs> what now, do you mean? I hope there's sounds. I hope there's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually one uh, artist you could describe their music as. Well, no, not necessarily. They're not. They're not like noise pop. <laughs> and there are other artists that are literally just like, well, yep, that's a sound. <laughs> but uh, I guess now we have kind of the main event. I, I've been looking forward to this for the past. Uh, hour or so so i hope uh, our audience has as well although they didn't see it coming we got the return of of tay tay yeah Teen swift herself so she she surprise dropped her indie album <laughs> <laughs> called folklore uh yep it's just her attempt at a kind of indie folk she uh claims that you know thanks to the pandemic uh, hundreds of thousands of people have lost their lives, but on the bright side, she was able to work with uh, some people that she didn't get a chance to work with before. For Ronnie Vale. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ooh, someone's revving up. It wouldn't be a podcast if there yeah. wasn't that three <laughs> motorcycles or the phone ringing <laughs> or, or something on my end. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so she, she worked with uh, Aaron Dessner of The National to produce the whole thing. And she's got uh, some songwriting contributions from Bon Iver, who, who makes a guest appearance, or Justin Vernon from Bon Iver, <laughs> yeah. who uh, makes a guest appearance on the album as well. Uh, so it's this record is being praised as uh, you know kind of a reinvention for her, mm-hmm. T Swift. I I don't think the change is that drastic, but uh, you know, to her credit, it is always a welcome sight to to see any artist come out of their comfort zone especially uh in a genre that's like uncommon as pop which is what taylor swift is known for so it's nice to see her branch out a little bit um 
but this this album it's it's fairly strong i have a favorite song on it i think my favorite is the last great american dynasty it's pretty uh, pretty strong but it still kind of feels like she's uh just trying on new clothes rather than revealing her true colors like it's not as drastic a change as like kesha going from pop music to rainbow Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, it's it's nothing like that. It doesn't really reveal that much of a new dimension to her, musically at least. But um, from a songwriting aspect um, and lyrically, things have really improved, I think. I haven't looked into the lyrics too much of this record. But um, yeah, I, I don't really do that for many Taylor Swift records, I'm ashamed <laughs> to say. I don't uh, research it with a magnifying glass and try to find the meaning in all the words. But uh, I think if I were inclined to do that with any Taylor Swift record, this would be it. Because um, from what I've heard or from what I could tell of the lyrics on this album and from what I've heard from other people, this one is less, I'm not going to say it's less personal, but it is less um, self uh, or I guess egocentric. So I feel like a lot of Taylor Swift's music. You were going to say self-centered, weren't you? <laughs> no, well, yeah, I was. If I could think of the word, but I actually could not think of self-centered. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, no. Usually, her music is pretty self-centered. It like, like pretty much all she writes about is things that she's been through in her life, and you know how she feels about it. Um, which is kind of fine, but yeah. uh, I don't think she has a particularly strong voice of showing all that. I don't think it's you know, it doesn't really stop me in my tracks all that often, but um, she's branching out here on this record, um, mm. which I think is kind of one of the reasons what, why it's called Folklore, not just because it's a folk record, but because it kind of deals with um, more fictional writing or more of her like trying to empathize with uh, different perspectives or you get into somebody else's shoes and kind of explore that aspect of uh, songwriting and, and poetry and all that. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's, I don't, I don't have too much to say about the record apart from that. It's, um, it's a good direction for her. And yeah. I, I don't think she's going to ever be, she's not going to drop like a 10 out of 10 record for my money. Um, <laughs> I think most people would agree, but I mean, we'll see what happens. She kind of surprised us here. Uh, we'll see if it continues. And I I think it's a good venture for her to go out and like really make this effort in writing lyrics that are not necessarily, you know, it's out of her comfort zone. It's, it's not necessarily what she's used to or something that she knows exactly how to write. But, you know, despite that, she could always... Uh, She'll always be able to write in her own voice, even if it's not her experience. So, yeah, the more she hones that, the more, I guess, interesting stories she could tell. Mm. So, it's a uh, it's an evolution. It's not a not a revolution. It's not drastic, <laughs> but it's it's a step in an interesting right direction. And I guess mm. I think the fans feel rewarded. So that's a uh, pretty good. <laughs> that's a good feeling. Yeah, I'll. I'll try to you know keep an eye out for some of the lyrics but um again i'm not it, it's it's i think it's strong by taylor swift yeah. standards those are already kind of low to begin with but um 
we'll we'll see where it goes. There's that dig at Kanye though. <laughs> oh, which one's uh, which one's that? She mentions in a song I know Dan Ryan, friend of the podcast and uh, other podcast I'm on co-host. He mentioned a, a lyric about a certain star setting in the West. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. Ah, <laughs> Seems a little bit shady there, Miss T. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I had not uh, picked up on that one, or I had not really single-handedly crushing. I mean, it wasn't going to go anywhere, but single-handedly <laughs> uh, <laughs> digging a bigger hole for Kanye in his pres- presidency run. Oh yeah, I, I really I do like that she. You know, for a while Kanye was uh, kind of advertising his new release of uh, Donda, um, his latest album. His latest pile of music, <laughs> pile yeah. of sounds and noise. Um, but yeah, she he was supposed to drop it on the Friday that Taylor Swift ended up dropping her album. She preempted him completely. And uh, yeah, I think that is fun. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> awesome. That's a good move on her part in this game of chess that they have between each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily on Taylor's side because she's done some shady stuff toward Kanye, supposedly. Um, the evidence leans that way, but uh, I gotta respect this move. That was uh, yeah. that was pretty baller of her if she's gonna, you know, try to try to win this war. Yeah, I'm a shady bitch who lives for the drama. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all that I needed. I haven't even needed to listen to the album. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, imagine just, imagine you're Kanye, you're running for presidency, pretty much just to get eyeballs on your record, so that people will actually stream it and pick it up, and you know, you're trying to get publicity just for this album, and then it just gets stopped completely by your old enemy. That's, yeah, we'll see. He's, uh, if he wasn't having a, a break before, he's having one now. Yep. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, Kanye. (laughs) Take your pills, please. <laughs> We're worried about and, you. And don't make any more shoes. <laughs> well, I could flip those. I'm okay with those. <laughs> you could flip them, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's like I could wear a bread box on my foot and be fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Well, <laughs> That's we did it. That's we finally made. Yeah, we made a short episode. <laughs> Crazy. <Kind of. laughs> Wow, still over managed, an hour. Yeah, you know, we still managed to breach that 60-minute point. Takes me back to the old days. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so before we go, and I give Matt one more hint for what we're watching next, where could you find us on social media? Uh, you can follow me, Jonathan Gorkowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drinking Rejk on the Twitter. You can follow my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, where, yes, we're currently watching the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. We know it's not anime, but if you listen, you just might want to stick around. It's, <laughs> it's interesting what we're doing here. We got we got a plan. <laughs> Ooh, there's a mess yeah, we got, of madness. Yeah, it's a crazy plan, but we got a plan. More than you can say than for uh, uh more than you can say about the succession writers. Yeah. Who do we think we are? Techno Gatsby's? <laughs> uh, maybe that should have been my nickname. Good god, I forgot about that line completely until reading it in my notes. There's always next Oof. week. Yeah. <laughs> Cake this week, that next week. <laughs> this is your warning, audience. Yep. Well, you could find me uh Matt at um well, you can find me perpetually kicking myself because, oh, God. So 
last week, last Saturday, or last Friday into Saturday, Tops, the trading card company, revealed yes. a uh, a Dr. Anthony Fauci trading card. I've heard about this, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, people weren't taking it very seriously. People thought it was kind of a joke. I was looking to score, you know, at least 20 cards at $4 each. Mm-hmm. Um, but I completely forgot. I remembered... Um, yeah, I was on the page hours before it was supposed to end because they were accepting <laughs> as many orders as possible, as many orders as they could take in 24 hours. But after 24 hours, they would never be sold again. Uh, mm. So, Needless to say, I missed that mark. And now I am kicking myself because I checked prices recently on these $4 cards. They're going for like 150 a pop. Oh, my God. It is insane. Well, you can't win them all, Matt. Yep. I, I could have been a millionaire. <laughs> could have been a contender. Now- now you just got to sell those midsummer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are already sold, baby. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. look at that. Yeah, yeah, bright side, but woof. Doc- You're hiring? It <laughs> <laughs> made me a gajillionaire. I'll apply to refresh a page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perhaps. Uh, I'll, I'll let you. We'll talk after the podcast. All right. <laughs> Does this mean I got an interview? <laughs> <laughs> this was your interview. Oh no, I goofed. <laughs> you didn't oh. even come dressed up. Yeah, so you can find Matt kicking himself <laughs> <laughs> over Dr. Fauci. <laughs> um, all right, so I gave you a few hints last week, last episode. I'm going to drop one more that may spoil what this is, but I'll, I'll give you a week or so to stew about it. <laughs> so my previous hints were this is the oldest now. After we've just watched Rear Window, this will be the oldest film we've watched on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I advise that you will have to come highly inebriated, Ooh. as it is both long and something that we've never done on this podcast before. And then my last and seemingly the most important hint that I'm going to give to you, Matthew Cabrera, is without this film, many people suggest that there would be no Dolby. Hmm. No Dolby. Remember Dolby? I remember Dolby. Uh, vaguely. <laughs> it was a time. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Uh, I got it. We're watching Showgirls. <laughs> oh, you got me again. No, I'm just kidding. We're not watching Showgirls. <laughs> just please come highly intoxicated. Please. Hey, for the... Otherwise, it's just going to be a mess. And even then... <laughs> Of course, why why stop now? Host, bartender, movie podcast curator, and pretentious cinema snob. Nightcaps at the theater, yeah, that's right. Oh, you heard of it. Well then, friend, let me top you off. It's thanks to people like you that this little show of ours can make it into the final real week to week. How else could Mark fund his Funko Pop addiction or Mac create a new internet handle every episode to avoid the FBI? We can't thank you lovelies enough, but why not keep the party going? Do you want to have a conversation on campy cold classics, question foreign flicks, or massacre movie 
monstrosities, then look no further. Reach out to us on social media. You can follow our humble little podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Nightcap Cinema. And if you aren't listening to us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, whatever, and rating, reviewing, and for goodness sake, subscribing, well then, we might have to tell Aunt Ida to put some cha-cha heels on to kick your ass. I think I talked your ear off enough, though. But put that wall away. This last nightcap is on us.